Hello, everyone. I'm Dana Stewart-Bullock, and this is Transformational Therapeutics. In today's podcast, I will be talking about worth. Rebecca and I will discuss how worth means value and how our culture defines value and its impact on us as individuals. Rebecca will bring up the concept of worth being something inherent and pre-existing in all of us. So welcome. Hi, Dana. Hi, Rebecca. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Today, we are talking about a subject that is very near and dear to my heart, and I'm excited to talk about it in terms of transformational therapeutics. The subject is worth. Yes. And again, I'll thank Joe Carano, our um, all-around mensch, for giving us this topic. Yes, we're going to talk about worth. It's a good one. It's a heavy one. <laughs> it, well, it's as deep as the others we've done recently, self and I forget the other one. but I think self was a two-parter. Yeah. Yeah. So what's the definition of worth? Well, it's interesting. There are multiple definitions. And the one I chose is from Old English, which means value, price, price paid, merit, equivalent value, amount, and monetary value. So most of the definitions had to do with monetary value, which I thought was fascinating. Very interesting. They also had to do with having importance, meriting honorable mention, noble of high rank, suitable for, proper, and capable. Hmm. Well, that's That to me sounds very, like it has a judgment to it. Absolutely. That's what I was thinking, that it, it's very interesting, those two definitions. It explains a lot to me about how I believe that every human being has some sort of hang up with their own worth at some point in their lives, whether they're consciously aware of it or not, probably usually unconsciously aware of it for a while. And based on those definitions, it makes sense why we would believe ourselves to be unworthy. There were also in the other definitions references to faith. One of the meanings is conviction of the truth of a proposition or alleged fact without knowledge. And there's another one that says, sometimes used to include the absolute conviction or certainty which accompanies knowledge. Another is uh, a creed, essential doctrines of a religion or church. Things held to be true as a matter of religious doctrine, the general sense of that which is believed. So it has different levels of definition. But but they all put quality to it, which I find fascinating. And it's in our culture. And so much of our culture has to do with worth having to do with amount of money that you have, abilities, that sort of thing, but particularly wealth and money. Absolutely. Our our wealth mindset is tied to our worth mindset in oftentimes. But even even it's in our culture equated to what we do or what we don't do. If you don't do enough, then you're not worthy. If, if you do the wrong thing, then you're not worthy. If you do the right thing in the wrong place, then you're not worthy. There's so many, so many conditions we put on our worth in our culture, in our belief system, in the way we see the world. But I personally believe that that is a product of a conditioning, not the truth. I agree, because when we were recording the the two episodes on self, we talked about in the infancy where self and how self is formed. I think that's also where worth comes in from a psychological, physiological place that if you are not viewed 
as a newborn, as an infant, as, I'm going to use the word worthy, but from the infant's viewpoint, it would be so basic physiologically that that would be, I think, where the judgment would come in. So if you're not picked up or held well, then you may not be worth it sort of internally. And and I'm not saying that they think like that, but there's some force of that that enters into the physiology. Absolutely. Especially in the way that you were were teaching us in the last two episodes on self, when we are born, we don't discern a difference between ourselves and the world around us. So if something doesn't happen for us in the way that we need it to, or if something goes wrong in our circumstances, even outside of ourselves, like for example, if your parents have an argument, we might believe that we are responsible, then we will assume or believe or or interpret the world as meaning, oh, I must not be worth it. Other, If I were worth it, then this would happen. But because it didn't happen, then that must mean that I'm not worth it. And I, same thing as you said, I don't know if it's an actual conscious thought process. It's more of just, okay, I'm I'm forming my view of the world and how I fit into it. And so in that time, we are the center of our own universes. So of course, we're starting to compile those those little beliefs that will grow to then drive us throughout our lives. And and it also, as you're speaking, I'm thinking back to the episode on force. And I, I see it as a force that the infant if it, if its needs are not met over time, then somewhere the force of not being worthy of having my needs met is instilled in that infant, mm. depending on the extent of it and the repetition and that sort of thing. I love that. I think that's really helpful to be able to observe it and work with it if you see it as a force, because I think that's really strong and relatable whenever I know myself personally and hearing about other people that I talk to this about students and friends and whatever, that when you feel unworthy in a moment, you may not be conscious of it, but you're aware of that force. It's like this force takes over and it's maybe a full body visceral experience or a full experience that clouds everything that you're seeing. You're not seeing things very clearly. You're seeing it through this unworthy lens or this unworthy force that comes up within you. And I think it's interesting that you use the word visceral because the visceral is is so it's it's our it's our viscera, the organs, and it's so primitive and so early. It's funny because I spent most of my career working on the musculoskeletal system and only within the last five to ten years have focused on the viscera, just because I have an orthopedic background and have learned over time that the viscera, which are our digestive organs, our heart, our lungs, actually is the most important aspect of us. And our musculoskeletal system is there to transport the viscera around, basically. Hmm, what a visual. (laughs) But it makes sense. (laughs) Because without the viscera, you're not really alive, but you can live without the musculoskeletal piece. You can become quadriplegic and still be alive. Right. So, and then the, the the recent research that's been done on the gut microbiome and the microbiome that we all have and its import and its impact on the brain and how important it is, that's all visceral. Those feelings that we get, that force that you just described, are 
engineered by the autonomic nervous system. They're automatic. And that force wells up and takes over. And that's something over which we don't really have a control. The autonomic nervous system is, you know, we've talked about the sympathetic and parasympathetic systems. That's how the viscera are are innervated. Mm. So yes, it is a force. And the primitiveness of it is that it doesn't require thought. It's just so automatic. And that traces back to the infant being in many ways. I see the infant as just a being that's just all physiology. Mm. No differentiation in the beginning. And then it evolves and differentiates over time. But all those forces that come in have a huge impact. They're, they remain pretty much unconscious because the brain is forming at that time mm. and doesn't have the discernment or the differentiation or anything like that. So those forces are instilled in the anatomy and the physiology of a baby. And as we talked about self, the same is true of worth. And we talk about self-worth all the time. Yeah. So the two of those are tightly bound. Absolutely. And how we see ourselves, how we perceive ourselves comes from how we are perceived as infants by our caregivers. Mm, Yes. And I think as a result, because of events that take place in our environment as we're growing, we then will internalize or these forces are internalized. Maybe there's a little bit of both that we consciously internalize things and then viscerally it just happens. This... I'm going to use this word, it's a strong word, but this lie that we are unworthy. And then we act from that place that's driving us, whether we're consciously aware of it or not, but always either seeking this place that if I do this, then I'll be worthy. Or if I do this, then I'll be unworthy. Driving our actions. And to me, the way I see it is that by doing the inner work, by using a bit of courage to do the inner work like transformational therapeutics using these tools using these methodologies to explore internally we get the chance to peel away the layers that are clouding our own view of our worthiness when i talk about projection and so projection is when something some aspect of ourselves is not known consciously and we project it on somebody else Mm -hmm. and we label that person and we judge that person not realizing that we have those same attributes inside of ourselves and the way we know it's projection is that it carries a charge with it Mm -hmm. that happens that that is formed very early on so if if the infant is not separate from its surroundings and its caregiver it will take on how it is seen worthwise by those around it. Mm. And that will continue throughout its lifetime unless it's countered by other forms of upbringing. But I don't know any, I don't really know anybody who feels worthwhile. Right. I really don't. Well, and I see it, even if you had a idyllic childhood, your parents are still adults with problems and things go on. Maybe there's issues that might go around on around you. And when you're the center of the universe as a young child, we tend to believe ourselves to be the reason for those adult issues. But when you look at it from an adult's perspective, we know that especially if someone's listening and you have a child, you have an issue that has absolutely nothing to do with your children. But if your children are there, they might see that as it's their their fault or their responsibility or their worth, worthiness that is creating this experience. So to me, I just see it that we're, 
no matter what, we just take all these things and internalize them without realizing it and without ever stopping to question that, wait, what if we're actually all 100% worthy no matter what, no matter what we do, no matter what we think, no matter what we feel. And it's just a conditioning and a, just the way we were growing up and perceiving the issues around us and believing ourselves to be the reason when actually that's just the, not the truth. It's fascinating what you're saying, because I, the word that comes to mind is the word value. I'm going to replace worth with value mm. to believe that I am valuable just in and of myself, that there's value in being in being. Yeah, that's it. That's a really hard one to, to come to terms with. Yes, which is why I feel like it's so important to talk about, because at, at least in my own work, I find that anybody that I share this to, their first instinct is, but yeah, but I'm not worthy. Like, because okay. we're never pretty enough. We're never thin enough. We're never tall enough. We're never rich enough. Whatever. Right. And if we're tying all those things to our worth, then we're never going to feel worthy enough because we're always searching externally for it. Right. But if instead we were to entertain the idea that what if it is something that I actually can't do anything about? <laughs> it just is. I just am. 100% worthy, no matter what, no matter what I've done in the past, no matter, no matter what I'm doing now, no matter what I do in the future. And the way to get to that would be from the inside and start trying that on. That's, that's how it was introduced to me. And at first your brain will be like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. But I thought this thought, and that can't possibly mean that I could be worthy if I thought that thought. But, you know, I, it takes me back again to the language. We're all human beings. We're not human doings or human thinkings. And so if you really see yourself as a human being, your beingness in and of itself is worthy. That is brilliant. And I think it's a really large problem. As we're talking, I'm thinking about how much we project it onto our animals, our friends, other people, our partners, and even on ourselves. Yes. If one was content and full just from being a human being, that would like change the world. Yeah. That may be our job on this planet. Yes. To become satisfied with just being. Yes. That's a really interesting thing. <laughs> I 100% agree. I mean, I feel like that's our purpose to be here. We're put on this planet. We have these experiences that then we start to believe that we're unworthy. And what if our task is to grow into our highest potential, which means that we are actually the original highest potential. We are, we just become full of our own worth, our own value, our own self. And we start to actually see that it is untarnishable. I, I kind of like to imagine that it's, it's like a diamond that we're born a diamond and just through childhood, it gets covered in layers of, of mud and dirt and grime and we, and we just can't see it. But then through doing the, the inner work, however that, whatever that means for you, whether it's journaling, whether it's transformational therapeutics or therapy or whatever it may be, we're slowly chipping away layers of that mud. We're not changing who we are or becoming someone different. We're just revealing that, that diamond underneath or that essence. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, working with kids for all these years, you know, you see a newborn and they're so full of just that brilliance and that life. And I found over time, like by three, four, that starts to dim a little bit. Mm -hmm. 
And, and I guess the task is to be able to keep that alive. You have to carve away certain things for a little being to become able in society. But to keep that light alive inside of them, I think is a real task. Yeah. Well, and especially as a caregiver, if we're operating from our own unworthiness, it's difficult to act and behave and think and feel as someone else 100% worthy when we don't give that to ourselves. If we are, let's say, loving conditionally based on what someone is saying or thinking or doing, and someone says something that was, well, I can't love that person if they say that, then what if we have a similar thought? How can I love myself if I have a thought like that? But if we really step into that knowledge that, no, I'm worthy 100%, no matter what I think, feel, or do, then that allows us the permission to start to do that for others. That's a huge task. That's fascinating. And I think just talking about it in general in society, when we look at how we try to make ourselves worthy and valuable, the drive to make a lot of money, the drive to become powerful... I think those are all compensatory to an inner lack of self-worth. Sure. And and I think even the opposite of that, too. I think we might repel money out of worthiness, too. Some, Depending on how we see ourselves and our worth. You mean worth, unworthiness. Right. Right. That depending on how we how we see ourselves and our, and our worth and how we see money and what story we have tied to that, we might deliberately not want to take on and receive and make money because we believe ourselves to be unworthy. Or we might want to take make lots of money to make up for that un- unworthiness. You know, I was once talking to a doctor, and I don't know how we got on the subject, but it was fascinating. It was during, still is, but during COVID, and she was talking about suicide. And I had always learned that suicide was a result of unresolved anger, It's like an acting out in some ways that you just can't handle life and you kill yourself as a way of getting back at people. She just said it ad lib and she said she knew somebody who had a kid, a teenager who killed himself. And she said, yeah, it's such a, comes from such a lack of worth. Mm. That just blew me away. Mm. That you're not even worthy of life. That speaks volumes. It has an aspect of sort of rage turned inward or anger turned inward. But if you were worthy in your own mind's eye, you wouldn't do that. Mm. If you had the fundamental belief that your beingness was valuable, that life was valuable, you wouldn't end it. Right. Well, and also, I mean, looking at it that way, to me, offers so much compassion to those who have committed suicide. Just thinking about, you know... you hear people say, how could they do that to their families and everything? And when you look at it through that lens, it really has nothing to do with their families. And it could, in that, that their perspective, they could feel that it wouldn't make a difference. I've heard someone sharing that to me a while ago. I don't remember where, but just that, that thought that I'm actually helping the people around me by doing this and by leaving by leaving right. yeah and, and it's it's sort of like life isn't worth living i'm not worth having a life right i'm not worth being alive right fascinating yeah and i think so you mentioned something before i think worth has again two sides to it like you said in terms of you know becoming wealthy because it's a way of compensating for lack of worth but also in some ways becoming homeless both of those are two sides of the same coin of, of lack of worth. Right. 
or value. Right. Again, two sides. We either find people around us who don't value us, but we're used to that. So we are attracted to that. We can reject people who do value us because we can't imagine it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Right. And we might recreate the situations that we believe ourselves to be worthy of. That yes. If we don't believe ourselves to be worthy of happiness and we're on the brink of happiness, we might repel it or sabotage it or well, push it away. We're, we're actually likely to. Right. I would say. Because we don't know how to handle worthiness because we've not experienced it. I would say, I mean, to me, we don't know how to handle worthiness because we don't realize that we already are. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's so deep. It's It's so deep. And I feel like the only way to start moving through it from my, I guess, perspective is the only way I have is that just taking it for, for truth, seeing what it's like to just... The first person who who said this, that I heard it, was on a podcast. Brooke Castillo was the person who said it. And she just points it out as, no, you are 100% worthy no matter what you do, no matter what you say. Like, your worthiness is not even your business. You have no power over changing your worthiness. It is just yours, no matter what. So then she asked questions of, if it's not a matter, if it's not a for question, if nothing that you say or do or feel changes it, then what would be possible for you? Because, you know, so often we'll say, okay, I, I want I want to go out for this goal. I want to do this. I want to go and make, you know, I want to go and make a lot of money. And it, then if you ask why, and you really start digging and figuring it out, well, if I did make that much money, then I would be worthy. And then if we say, okay, well, what if, like your worthiness isn't, isn't an up for question. You are worthy 100% now and you will be then. So if you're not doing it for your worthiness, what, like if your worthiness weren't the reason for doing it, what, what could be possible and what could you do? And what, what would you, what would be the other reason why? It's so hard to believe. I find with the, my clients that we start sharing this with, they say, okay, I hear you, but my brain is telling me, yeah, but. It doesn't even register in my brain. Right. It's not a registration. Right. It's kind of, I mean, this is again, I guess on the side note, but it's like the Native Americans not seeing the ship because they had no idea right. what the ship was. Right. It's like it at first. So when, you have to have that. That's the experiential piece. You have to have that pre-existing. Yes, but eventually they saw the boat. Right. No, I understand. But yeah. in order to see it initially, you would have had to have had the pre-existing experience of it. Sure. Yeah. In order for you to just know it, you would need to know it. But I think we all interpret ourselves unworthy always. And then to have someone to just be like, no, that's actually not the case. Nothing you do changes it. You already are worthy no matter what. And it's like your brain is like, what? <laughs> like, I've been seeing the sky as blue and you're telling me the sky is actually red. Like, no, 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 it's still blue. <laughs> like, I'm looking at it. But you're saying it's actually red. What? Yeah. I mean, it's such a perceptual shift. It is such a perceptual shift. And I think this is why talking about this with transformational therapeutics under this umbrella is so powerful because we talk about how by seeing something differently, it opens up new choices. And I think all of us just take it for granted that we're unworthy. We just assume that that's the truth because that's a a thought that's maybe living in the subconscious. So we're not really actively thinking about it all the time. It's just this deep inner belief. And it's a very painful one to admit. And I also find that we don't, um, we don't openly talk about it. 
with people as far as we might feel like we're the only ones who feel that way about certain things. I, I remember when I was taking yoga trainings and we would end up sharing stories and opening up and in these small circles. And I started to just see that so many of the times when I thought I was the only one who felt unworthy, <clears throat> when I thought I was the only one who felt unworthy, I would discover that every single other person has a, a story of their own. Maybe it presents as not valuable enough or not whatever enough, but we all have this story of, of unworthiness. And then I started to see that, wait a second, we were all sitting here thinking, man, all these people are worthy and I'm the only one who's not. And then once we shared it, it was, oh, we all feel that way. And so I feel like we, it's easy to just take it for granted as truth when it's actually just a perception that was created through developing our view of the world. It's fascinating. That goes back to me believing that everything is just perception. And so to change your perception of your self-worth really requires going deep, really deep into mm. your brain, because it starts out so early. Mm. I think what I'm coming up against is like almost pre-perception. You know, that, that would make sense. I mean, that could explain why it's so difficult to believe at first that it goes back so early. I mean, there's so much religion that talks about, you know, worth and God loves you and all of that. But, but if you look at people's actual behaviors, it doesn't jibe. So I look at what people do, not what they say. It's interesting, you know, when you really look around, how many people really see the value of who they are. Hmm. Well, and even in the language of, of religion, I mean, of Christianity, I suppose, I, I don't know very much about other religions, but just in the language of, I mean, take the song Amazing Grace, like it's uh, a, like a, a wrench like me. And even the, there are prayers that say, I'm not worthy to receive you, but say the word and I shall be healed. There's so much language around that I'm not worthy. And so I need to be grateful or I need to do X, Y, and Z in order to create my worthiness. That's fascinating. Yeah. And, and it, it seems like such a Western way of seeing. Yeah. I mean, when I think of Aboriginal cultures, I don't believe that that's part of their culture. It's fascinating. If you look at religion, I'm not sure which religions, maybe Christianity and Judaism, maybe others also. I'm not an expert by any means. But if you look at their influence on our culture, mm. So it's not just one-on-one, -on -one, particularly maybe with parenting, but also culturally. Right. The sway that they hold over us as a culture also impacts us hugely. Mm. Wow. How can we use transformational therapeutics and the model to start to see our own worth, see our own value? When I think about what contributes to our lack of value in the present I think much of it, I go back to the podcast on power and my belief about power being ability. So having the ability and the skill in different arenas that then literally gives you a feeling of accomplishment, which then mirrors back to you. I mean, we do that with work and things, but if we did it in every arena. I, I feel like this entire model is doing exactly that is teaching us and guiding us 
towards seeing our own value and seeing that our worth is untouchable, that we are 100% worthy. But I think every single episode that we've talked about is showing us why we might have been led to believe something different and then giving us the tools to find our way back to the truth. Well, I think in, in terms of transformational therapeutics based on on the quote, be the change you wish to see in the world, it, it's the beingness that matters. And getting back to that beingness by peeling off the layers of, as you say, mud that are over us from, from early, early on, then we do get back to that essence. So it's in there. We just have to uncover it and see it as in there. And I think the tools in terms of using the language the way we've talked about and the symbolic language in particular I mean, just the quote you said of that prayer, seeing it more symbolically than concretely, then allows you a, a wider, a different perception, mm. and then allows you to see yourself differently. If you acknowledge that you were born with the value, it's there already. It's really about perceiving it, finding it, pulling off the layers, getting in there and acknowledging that it really is there. Yes. And I think that's basically what we talk about every single episode on this podcast. And today we're just calling it out. And so much of what I like to do is to figure out the why behind the why. And if I can figure out the why of something, I can change it. Mm. And if I know that one of the reasons I am the way I am, whatever that means, is because I don't have a sense of worth, then that gives me a road down which to regain that sense. Yeah. And for me, knowing that it is the truth, whether I believe it or not, helps me tremendously and I think each each year that I play around, like each year, not just each day, but each year that I play around with receiving this information, it sinks in deeper and it feels more true. But when I do that, and then if I'm journaling and I, or if I'm questioning things, if I'm studying, if I'm doing any of the things that we talk about, like exploring dreams or using symbolism, and I uncover this this thought of something that has to do with feeling unworthy, then I feel immediate relief because I discovered it. And then I said, oh, of course I was doing that because of this feeling. And then I also feel relief because I know that it's not the truth. So it's just, oh, interesting. How did that come to be? How did that perception get created? And it's just simpler because if I, if I really believe that I'm unworthy and I come across that, then that's so heavy. And when you use the word simpler, I've always said this model is not easy but it's quite simple. Yes. It's very difficult, but it's quite simple. Yes. There's nothing complex about it. The complexity is in, in the digging and the peeling and all of that, but, but the model itself is quite simple, mm. that everything is language. And when you start seeing it like that and using the different forms of language, you know, the body language, the symbolic language, the spoken language, the etymology, all of those things, it gives you tools to pull off those layers. And I mean, I think that was the whole point of it is to get back to your essence. And then just acknowledging that maybe that essence is worthiness and right. nothing we do. And can that may change be, that. yeah, that may be, that may be our task on the planet Yeah, in our lifetimes. Right. I don't know. That sounds woo woo, but that's probably it. Right. Because I mean, if but I I'm think talking about true worth. I'm not talking about financial worth or I'm talking about an essence of knowingness it's a feeling, but it's deeper than that. Absolutely. It's a knowingness that your beingness is. It's supposed to be, and it is. Yeah. Boy, this is deep. It is deep. <laughs> and when you then, uh, like, if I think about as we expand and grow, 
it's that that inner essence that is having a chance to shine out and expand because we're clearing away the things on top of it. And so that imagery really works well for me because when I do uncover something that is the unworthiness, I just see it as, oh, this is a piece of mud that's blocking my worthiness. This isn't truth. And so then if I see it that way, then it's, to me, it, it really relieves me of a lot, a great deal of, of turmoil just to say, oh, okay. I'm already and it's so interesting, Rebecca, that you say that this is truth, because I've said all along, one of my mantras is the body never lies. Hmm. And so as you dig in, and when you're talking about the feeling, you know the feeling of truth. Hmm. It, and feeling may not be the right word, but it's a knowingness that is in your physiology. Yes. And I actually like to use that language around this very topic of uncovering thoughts or, or feelings of unworthiness that what if this like, oh, this is just the lie. If this is the lie, what is the truth? And when I look at this is the lie, I can feel it. It feels wrong in my body. It feels, feels painful. I can feel whatever it may be. And then as soon as I, if this is a lie, then what's the truth? And then I step into that. I can feel my physiology change. I feel better. I feel more expanded. I feel like I can take a breath. We've, we've gone on quite a conversation and I, I think we've talked about and highlighted a lot of facets to experiences that perhaps a, a lot of us or every single one of us know on some level. But thinking in terms of transformational therapeutics and walking away from this episode, what would you love someone to walk away? I think what's so revolutionary is you saying that worth just is mm. that changes the whole playing field right there. And then the next thing is, how do you get to that worth? And then you can use the tools that we've talked about over the last months yeah. to peel off the, the layers of denial and crud and whatever, but to state as fact that the fact that you are alive makes you worthy is revolutionary. And I'd, I'd actually be really curious now to listen back to each episode through this perspective like seeing, talking about each of these tools through the lens of getting to your, to see your own worth. Bringing well, it's really interesting, interesting, Rebecca, because for many years now, I've talked about me seeing through the lens of lack. I mm. call it the lens of lack. It just is. And so now to see it through the lens of worth is a fact. It's a truth. It just is. It's very discombobulating. Yes. And fascinating. Yes. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, we've been talking about it every single episode on some level, on a huge level. So thank you so much for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to rate and review. We have a goal right now to get to 50 reviews. It would really help us grow the show. And if you love the show and you'd like to support us, take a moment to rate and review. It takes less than a minute. We would be so grateful. Thank you to all of those who have left us reviews already. And we hope you have a beautiful day. <laughs>